0: So here's the question. In the print and packaging supply chain, how do we deliver new ideas and innovative practices to continually improve your profit, your brand, and your quality? Welcome to the Gamut Podcast, and I am your host, Jeff Collins, Director of Print Technologies for ID Alliance. We are a nonprofit global think tank serving the graphic communications industry with 12 offices strategically located around the world to better support our membership. You can support the Gamut Podcast and Content like this by becoming a member at ID Alliance by going to www.idalliance.org. I would also like to thank Konica Minolta for sponsoring this podcast. They are a world leader in industrial and commercial printing and packaging solutions with a comprehensive portfolio of production print offerings. Konica Minolta delivers the latest innovations in printing applications and expertise. In this episode, we'll hear from Sonia Dearden on managing brand color. She is a print production manager for Lint Chocolate, obviously a major retail brand. She is a master in her discipline of brand management, color and packaging design, and has successfully implemented G7 at the brand level is also a certified ID Alliance brand Q manager and collaborates with over 40 vendors globally. This includes Amcor, a massive 9 billion in revenue global packaging supplier whose European plant was recently qualified by ID Alliance as a G7 master qualified facility on their roto gravure and offset presses. And now we'll pick up where Signa discusses communicating brand color requirements and the challenges using a wide variety of spot colors. For Lent's Lindor chocolate brand,
1: um, for me the big challenge is this is just one of the brands that Lint has, and we probably deal with about forty bags, and each bag has two and possibly three PMS colors associated with it. And Lint holds some very tight um, guidelines when we're when coming to our colors. So when we're on press, we're looking for our colors to be mm, about two Delta E. and on the main top five brands, we're looking at it to be. If we'd prefer it to be under one delta E. So when it comes to doing, um, lab ink proofs (laughs) or drawdowns, depends on which, I would say it depends on which company that, um, is doing the ink for me. We're looking for that drawdown to be well under one delta E. And we're also looking at the hue angle on these as well. Um, for instance, that number one bag, um, at the front of the line, that milk bag. Very challenging because that ink can swing to a little bit yellow and a little bit blue. And when that happens, when you're sitting on a shelf in a, in a store, we don't want that swing to happen across the different sizes of our bags. Um, so what we're looking for is a lot of consistency before we even get on press to make sure that we're holding these tolerances really tight. Um, and that's probably the main reason that we use the drawdowns. Um, For a time, I actually did go away from using drawdowns and was just relying on our Epson proof, but I did realize there was some variances. I feel like the Epson proof and I do have a a GMG rip on there. So I get some very decent proof out of my proofer, Um, but there were still some variances in color that I still needed that drawdown to be done for me in order to know that the printer, when I was on press, could actually hit that ink color. So there was a little bit of a struggle there initially that they couldn't get what I was getting from the um, Epson proof. So I do rely on the Epson proof. It's helpful for my brand to know what they're looking at um, as they're going through bags and making new flavors. However, the drawdown for me now has become you know more the solid guideline to say, all right, this is the actual color that we're choosing. And the other thing is it, it's also important for us because that milk bag also gets produced on foil so obviously i've got to do a lot of ink changes when i'm moving to a foil substrate um we've got some instances where we use maybe a nice bright white sheet on some of our folding cartons when these move to folding cartons um but i've got to be really conscious that i am printing gravier i am printing, printing flexo and that flexo is also on a metallized substrate it's backed with metallic and then i've also got a folding carton so i've got one brand color that needs to go to multiple vendors in multiple countries and across multiple substrates and in, in different printing techniques. So for me, I have a pretty large set of drawdown books for each one of our, our um, flavors, as you call them for lint. Um, I would say that metallic inks are probably really where the challenge happens and really, really where we rely on the drawdowns. Because we also often will take that reflex blue and decide to make it a metallic ink. So we're not always going by the Pantone book for a metallic ink. We are often having the vendor create a specialized ink for us. And that was a big learning for me because I realized that when it came to possibly that reflex blue, I could make that blue be very pale or much deeper and richer, depending upon how much uh, metal was mixed into those inks. So that really became um, helpful for me to see all these different drawdowns from different perspectives of how much metal was, was being put into that ink. The other big thing that we run into is substrate, definitely a huge one. And that light blue color is probably one of my more challenging colors because... I'm not going to get, and I've had to explain to brand that we're probably never going to get under, I I think my uh, actual printer could probably only get it to about three and that was as close as we were going to get with this color because the paper just shows through because the ink is just too light and we just realized that we weren't going to get there. Um, Another big thing for us is the coatings. What we've realized is I can run a UV coating. We sometimes run an aqueous coating big difference what the coating does to each drop, you know, each ink. If I am using UV inks on normal Pantone colors, I get some variances and usually we can work with that. Uh, My bigger challenge comes when I am using metallic inks with a UV coating. Uh, Don't do it. If you can avoid it, don't do it. We've got pretty strict guidelines for scuffing. So we always have to go with the UV inks right now. But if you can avoid using UV inks when you're using metal or UV coating when you're using metallic inks, that's probably the better way to go. Aqueous, we don't have many troubles. Uh, the other big trouble I have is if I decide to use a matte coating, because matte coating turns red, pink. So then you have to rework that ink. So again, these are all instances where it's really important to have your your um, print vendor and your ink supplier. Hopefully, they've got a really good ink supplier that does have the proper equipment to be able to test this stuff and be able to give you realistic parameters of what they're capable of um, being able to achieve depending upon your coating, depending upon your paper, um, depending upon how it's running. Um, So there's there's many different variables in there that really can make that ink change. And when you're trying to hold it to a certain brand color, that can be a a definite challenge. for limitations, again, I, I only see it in the pastels and the light colors. That's probably the biggest area that I see the limitations. And then also on the, on the foil backgrounds. Um, and like I said, it's also the ink lab being really skilled at what they're doing. I have definitely sent drawdowns back four or five times because I, I, it still amazes me sometimes that I'll get an, an ink, um, swatch and I scan it. I do have a Teshcon device. I scan it and it will come in at, Three delta e, and I've seen my hue angle be somewhere at like minus four point five, and so I would appreciate. You know, it's been a learning process trying to get the the ink, the print supplier to really communicate with the ink vendor what we're looking for and how tight we're holding those guidelines. Um, and as I said, we do work with an Epson um, an Epson printer with a, a Gmg rip and. It's an inter- I have an interesting story on that one because there was a particular instance where a designer actually picked a color, ran it through the proofer, and everyone loved this bag color and it you know, went through all its rounds and there were five bags made and two boxes made on it. And as we were getting ready to send them to the printer, I thought, hmm, I'm just going to do a quick scan on this proof to see where that color is coming up. And they were calling out a color that the proofer was Absolutely not coming anywhere near that color. So, say they were calling out, you know, Pantone 2907 and when I actually scanned it, we ended up having like 538 was really the color. And so we actually we had to go through the files and remake all the files to actually match what the trooper was getting. So that's the other thing is not only does the ink vendor need to be um, high, you know, really good at what they're doing, but on my end, I realized very quickly that I can't rely solely on my Epson to be giving me some... Good Pantone output. I need to even and I do have a proofer on my on my rip, but um, we have had to optimize some color. So Ron has been instrumental in helping me optimize my key flavors. my top five flavors. we go in there and we really tweak it really tight so that we're using my drawdown. To actually get the Epson to match to closer to what my drawdown is looking like, so that I get better proof to drawdown matches, so that we're you know speaking apples to apples when the brand team is going through and, and reviewing these proofs, so that was a big learning on that one, having to completely change you know for two months we're talking that this particular item was a certain pantone color, and lo and behold. The proofer wasn't actually executing what that Pantone color was and we had to switch it and go through all the files and update them all. So for that, I think that's all I have. So I think I can turn this back over.
0: That was Sonia Dearden from Lent Chocolates. Thanks for listening to the Gamut Podcast. If you have ideas, suggestions, or would like to join us or even sponsor future podcasts, simply email me at jcollins at org. That's J-C-O-L-L-I-N-S at org. Take care and have a productive day.